there's a lot of work still to be done. And in terms of planting, you know, in the Midlands, it's probably a lot of the, or certainly in Central Midlands, a lot of the winter barley um, that's planned to go in, it probably is in. And the further north you go, you know, there's probably a bit more work done, surprisingly enough, because they missed some of that rain that we would have got, say, two weeks ago. So there's quite a bit of work done. In Donegal here, there's even some spraying done, I can see from the fields uh, around me on the way up. Um, some pre-emerge herbicides have been applied. So they don't seem to be have, have been affected as badly as some places down south. Farmers are reporting the annual rainfall under farm has been reached already, with more than two months to go before the end of the year. Similarly, Metairn stations, especially towards the south of the country, are showing above average rainfall for October and for the autumn period, with some now close to the long-term average totals. The incessant rain has had a significant impact on planting, and almost everyone is well behind where they would like to be. You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow, and give us a review on Apple or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Some hard decisions will be made on farms in the coming weeks, revolving around whether to plant cereals or stop altogether. I'm delighted to be joined by Shay Phelan and Kieran Collins, both tillage specialists in Chagas, to discuss the state of play at the moment and what are the next steps for farmers. Kieran, I want to come first to you. Kieran, you've been in the middle of the recent floods down in Cork, and I suppose farmers are trying to assess the damage that's done. Is there much damage done there? And maybe on the other side of it, how much field work has been completed to date? Yeah, Michael, I suppose the floods that we saw in Middleton now especially kind of puts things in perspective, you know, in terms of farming, when you see businesses flowing down the street and all the damage that was done to houses and things, I suppose, really. But I suppose from our own side of the house, um, there's quite a bit of, of, of flooding in some fields, obviously. Um, you know, there was a bit of sowing done actually just pre the, the kind of heavy rain. I don't think it was anticipated that it was going to be as heavy as it was, so... You are seeing water lying in some fields and that, you know. Um, however, like in terms of the field work, there's there's very little done, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's hard to put an exact figure on it, like, but just talking to farmers in terms of winter barley, you know, you're renting from none sown to maybe maybe over half of planned area, like, but it's it's certainly way back. It's certainly below fifty percent, below probably below thirty percent, I would think of maybe what people would have planned. Um and then on wheat, again, very, very little really, just in 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 that sort, especially in the East Cork area, like, you know. Um now the only thing is look if I mean, the, the forecast still isn't great, but, you know, there still is scope to sow, you know, but look, we'll 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 see how the weather comes, I suppose, really. Well, we might come to that in a little bit. Shay, um, from from your point of view, what what are you hearing towards the, 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 the south and maybe even a little bit further up towards the northeast in terms of damage that's already done or, or maybe planting that, that that is still to come? Yeah, um, we've probably had it a little bit better, Michael, I'd say, than what they've had down the south of the country. Um, obviously, the storm last week kind of really was at its worst in the south. We didn't seem to get as get as bad as that. And further up the north, they seem to have missed a lot of the weather in the last couple of weeks, not just last week, but the last couple of weeks. Um, so there's a bit more progress done. That said, um, there's a lot of work still to be done. And in terms of planting, you know, in the Midlands, it's probably a lot of the, or certainly in Central Midlands, a lot of the winter barley um, that's planned to go in, it probably is in. Now, that said, again, depends on the system. Um, guys who are on uh, reduced cultivation systems 
did struggle to get going, uh, whereas guys with plowed based systems certainly just went ahead and were able to get get drills or get drilling done. And the further north you go, you know, there was probably a bit more work done, surprisingly enough, because they missed some of that rain that we would have got, say, two weeks ago. So there's quite a bit of work done. I'm here in Donegal at the moment and uh, quite a bit of work done up here. In Donegal here, there's even some spraying done, I can see from the fields uh, around me on the way up. Um, some pre-emerge herbicides have been applied. So they don't seem to be have, have been affected as badly as some places down south. Okay, but I suppose nonetheless, Shay, um, you sent me a photograph earlier on where a combine was still in the field uh, trying to salvage kind of what was left, I suppose, there. Uh, I suppose there obviously are some crops up in Donegal, but what are you hearing kind of more around the country? Is there still some crops out there and still some farmers who who, who are in trouble? Yeah, you're right, Michael. I passed by a farmer today salvaging um, uh, some barley here. Um, and from figures we're hearing from the IFA, there's still, you know, about 100 farmers, they reckon, still have crops to cut. And that's not just up at the north. It's down in the south as well. So it's a nationwide thing, if you like. Um, I'm very localised, I believe, as well. So people along the south coast probably are worse affect than people further north. And I suppose, look, it's worth saying for anybody who is listening to this, if if it's if it's a farmer themselves or if the, you, you see a neighbour in a bit of trouble um, with that, you know, I mean, it's. I think it's the, the the a lot of people are feeling a little bit low. I think at the moment, um, and I think it would be a good idea maybe just to to call into them, chat with them, see do they need need any help um, in terms of getting that. And I think uh, I know certainly ch- chatting to the IFA, they're they're working hard to see whether they can um, you know get a little bit of overall support going for for those farmers. So uh, look for anybody. I think you you kind of need to um, make some contact, I suppose. And if you are in trouble, you're not the only one, I suppose. Um, Kieran, can I just come back to you, Kieran, just in terms of um, growers that you mentioned before um, who were planning to get more cereals in, but they're maybe not quite there. So there's seeds still in the shed um, and, and, and waiting for for time to plant cereals. Is there still time down your part of the world, do you think? Uh, there is, is the straight answer, Michael. But obviously, it's very dependent on, on the land drying out. So, you know, land is saturated all over the country now at the moment. So, and, you know, we're into the time of year where the days are shorter. So drying really, you know, is it's it, it takes a long time for land to dry out at this stage. So we're realistically looking into November at this stage. So I think for winter barley, it's probably over for most people, except for those maybe on, on, on very light soil. You know, I think that that's probably the thing there. Oats, obviously, there, there still is time. And, and there certainly is time for wheat as well. I mean, wheat's on in November. The challenge are, uh, the challenges really are that it, you know, it obviously takes a long time to come up. It can be four weeks, you know, um, if the soil conditions come right, obviously, you know. So that would be the, so there, there is still time, but, you know, it needs to stop raining and, and land needs a good bit of time to, to soak, you know. And I, I presume, like we're really probably talking, Kieran, at this stage, a, a kind of a plow-based system, a direct drill or or any of the non-inversion kind of systems probably aren't going to be overly suitable. But for any of the systems, um, and maybe more so focused on the plow-based systems, what sort of adjustment of seed rate would need to happen at this stage? Um, yeah, I, I think plow one pass is going to be the for for the vast majority. I I would think. Um, I suppose seed rate really is very dependent on 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 soil conditions. So you know, and I'm assuming really that we're we're mainly talking about about wheat at this stage. So you know, you're still targeting to establish maybe 300 plants per square meter in 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 terms of wheat. The seed rate then will really be dependent on a thousand grain weight and b field conditions. So like if you take 
you know, a thousand grain weight of 50, uh, 50 grams, you know, you're probably talking somewhere in around 200 kgs per hectare. That's somewhere just maybe around 13 stone per acre in, in old money, you know. Um, but certainly you'd need to make adjustments for, you know, field conditions. We'd normally kind of do our figures in 85% establishment, but, you know, you could be in the seven, low 70s at this stage. So it's really, the seed rate will really be dependent on on, on field conditions. And, and I suppose the other one then uh, around that, uh, you, you certainly probably maybe uh, a lot of experience in terms of sowing or planting crops um, kind of up towards the end of October and into November. What about rolling um, those that, that bit of ground that's been done? Is that something that should be done or is that a bit of a no-no or what's your feeling on that? Probably impractical at this stage, I would think, um, you know, I'd love to think that soil conditions were, were dry enough that you could roll. I know that anything that's been sown so far, I think practically none of it has been rolled. So it's, it's very hard. Like wheat generally sown in November never gets rolled, really. Well, certainly not in the autumn anyway, if you've got a dry spring, possibly. So I, I, it's not something I'd be planning for anyway. And I suppose the danger of rolling, even sometimes if you think it's dry on the surface, you know, you just get little bits of compaction, especially from the tractor underneath. And you get very poor establishment in the track. So I think it's probably off the table at the moment, Michael, unless things really turn around. Okay. And Shay, would that would the same advice hold for growers further up the country? Uh, very much so, yes, Michael. Um, from what I'm talking to guys, certainly up the country, the drier sites are the ones probably that have been sown so far. Um, so again, you know, the the land that's coming up to be sown now, or that's you know, earmarked to sown now is generally winter wheat land. Which tends to be the you know the wetter sites, if you like, um, and again, like Kieran said, I mean rolling on those sites now is just not an option. And what about Jay? Um, there, there, there's a plenty of crops planted about two weeks now, probably not up yet. Is there any checking that should be done to those crops by farmers at the moment? Yeah, uh, definitely, Michael. Um, hearing a lot of reports of slug damage out there this year, and that's no surprise given the this the summer and autumn we've had. So again, you know, guys should be out there going around crops looking for the typical symptoms of the shredding of the leaves um, and maybe leaves being cut off at the, at the, as they emerge. Uh, and, and in some cases, maybe even seed being hollowed out. So certainly they should be on the alert for those because, again, a lot of crops haven't been rolled. So where you have high slug, slug populations and crops that haven't been rolled, you're more at, you're at a higher risk of having slug damage. So certainly they should be out looking at them. So, Shay, just in terms of of, of uh, rotational slots, is there any particular ones that are more problematic than others? Or, or is it a case that uh, if you had a problem in that field in the past, the chances are you might have a problem in it this year? Yeah, you're, you, there, there, are, there is, Michael. I suppose the first crop that you'll be looking at is, the, is a winter wheat crop or after, after um, oilseed rape. Um, it's probably number one at the moment. The other one you would actually look at as well is anybody that has planted rye. And there's a lot of talk about damage done to rye crops at the moment. Um, and again, as you say, Michael, the other place we should be kind of cognizant of are fields that have a history of slugs over the last number of years. All those fields should be prioritised. And, you know, if if they haven't got slug pellets already and you're seeing signs of damage, then I'd certainly be addressing the situation. So are you suggesting, Shay, that even if slug pellets are gone out, that, that you might go again? Or how would you assess that? And again, I suppose the thing to do in that case, Michael, is to put down your traps and put muesli or whatever it happens to be under the, under the slates or the plastic bags and go out and count the slug numbers under those. And if you're seeing a number of slugs, four, five, six slugs under each trap, 
and set a number of traps across the field. Don't just set one trap, set a number of traps across the field. And if you are seeing a pattern there, even after slug pellets being applied, given all the rain we've had, um, and you're still seeing slug activity in the field and grazing, then I think, you know, it would be, you know, be wise to try another application at that stage. Kieran, how long would you expect slug pellets to last in a field anyway, once once they're applied? Uh, it, it, it sort of depends on a number of factors. The makeup of the pellet obviously will be the, the first thing in the process that's used to, to make that pellet. Um, but I suppose on, on the ground, really, you're, you're, you're looking at, at the weather. Um, you know, they, they will soak up moisture and dissolve quite quickly. So, you know, it can be a couple of days, it can be a week, sort of, it depends on, on the moisture and on the soil surface. So, like Shea said there, I think it's a case of, of getting back into the fields, having a look, um, com, you know, constantly monitoring that population, you know, getting in there early in the morning when slugs would be grazing, you know, having a look at the numbers. If the pellets are gone, as Shea said, you, you may need to reapply if you're reaching that, that threshold in your, in your, in your slug traps. Kieran, we mentioned before about the, the the option of kind of going back again, um, and I suppose just thinking, and maybe pessimistically, I, I hope not, but um, where there's very little wheat sown on farms, how much of an option is sowing winter wheat right out into the spring? Is that realistic, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it might have to be, because I, I suppose the important thing to consider is, you know, the seed houses will plan for a set area of winter cereals and spring cereals. And then obviously you get the imbalance when we don't get the planned area sown in the autumn. And then we obviously have a bigger demand for seed in the spring. So it's very likely that 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 spring seed, particularly barley and wheat, will be very, very scarce. You know, so if you have winter wheat in the shed, you know, as we said earlier, sow it away into November, you know, but if the weather does come right, say in, in, in January or February, winter wheat is 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 definitely an option, you know. Um it's something that, you know, one of the department trials this year, you know, one of the recommended list trials was was sown there in, in, in early February. And, you know, it, it sort of mirrored the result of 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 the similar um, trial that was done 10 years earlier in that there there isn't a huge difference between winter and spring varieties when they're sown um, in the very early part of the spring. So I'm saying, you know, the end of January into start of mid-February. What you tend to get then after that is you tend to get uh, higher yields then from the spring varieties, you know. So I wouldn't be concerned about sowing a winter wheat variety in January or, or for most of February, but you'd, you'd ideally have it in for, say, the middle of February. And you will get that that tapering of yield then, and, and certainly you, you, you'd you be more in favour of a, of a spring variety after that. I suppose, again, it's important to, to, to remember you're looking at, at faster developing varieties. So maybe, look, we're very limited at the moment, but maybe Graham for argument's sake might might have a, a slight advantage over over Dawson in that scenario. Okay. And then I, I suppose the other side of that, Kieran, is um where a lot of the winter barley mightn't maybe go in because it's, as you say it's probably a little bit late. Is there any sort of concern if that's just going to switch into spring barley at all? Or is there anything people should be thinking about? Yeah, I, th- I think there is really, I, I suppose, like I said already, seed may possibly be limited. And then when seed is limited, you might be looking at imported seed. And, you know, I, I suppose I'd be very cautious about that because we have really good checks and controls here in terms of grass weeds, in terms of, of weed seeds in our in our cereal seed by the Department of Ag here. You know, the, 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 the level, you know, the 
the tolerance wouldn't be as high in terms of of some of the imported seeds. So it's certainly for that would one thing that would that would sort of concern me. I would definitely max out on you know high value crops like malting barley. You know, firstly, but the other one is is beans. I mean, we saw a big increase in the area of beans last year as a result of the wet autumn, and I suppose there is that. You know, just to remember, like there is that sort of guaranteed payment, the protein payment that's there. Obviously, will fluctuate depending on the area, so on. But it is very attractive, and like we were saying last year, look, it's it's something that's going to be there regardless of the yield of the crop. So, I think if 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 an opportunity came in 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 the very early part of the spring, I think beans certainly would be an option if there's a slot available on the farm for them. You know. Okay, so 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 keep thinking and keep planning, I suppose, really. Shay, a final one for you. Um I, I suppose look, there, there, there's plenty of um weather I think coming as well uh, over the next few days. And 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 farmers might be um looking at regards other things that I might be planning on the farm. Is there anything else that farmers should really be thinking about at the moment? Yeah, look at Michael, I suppose one of the things that you can do at this time of year is, you know, when farmers are filling out nutrient management plans, I mean, they have to have up-to-date soil samples for those nutrient management plans. And that's not just for regulation, Michael. It's also for, you know, good advice in terms of applying fertilizers. We all know how expensive fertilizers are now. uh, And although they have come back, they're still one of the top three costs of growing crops. So having up-to-date soil samples should help to reduce down the the financial aspect of of nutrient management. Um, The other things, as as you said, Mike, or as Kieran said, in terms of spring crops, one thing people need to be cognizant of under planning this year, and, and there's a bit of planning can be done now, is that the two and three crop rule will be implemented again next year. So people need to be cognizant of that two and three crop rule, and they need to make sure that they have a plan in place to plant others, other crops. Like Kieran said, beans are an option, maybe spring wheat, spring oats, whatever else it might be, maybe even winter wheat, as Kieran said already, because there's no guarantee that there'll be a derogation from that two and three crop rule next year. So they have to have some plan in place that when they get into spring, they have a, a cropping plan for the farm. Okay, thanks very much, Shay, and uh, thanks very much, Kieran. Uh, look, all we can do is fingers crossed that we do get a little bit of weather and uh, we get more of those winter crops planted in the next uh, week or 10 days. Thanks very much, guys, again. Thanks, Michael. So that's it for this week, and a huge thanks to Shay and Kieran for joining me on the show. Just a reminder again, an event for your diary is the Chagas ECT Grass Week Conference, which takes place in the Kilishi Hotel on November the 8th at 10.30am. The event will delve into the increasing problem of grass weeds in Irish tillage farms, including black grass, herbicide-resistant wild oats, ryegrass and more. We will also hear from a number of farmers who have been working with the ECT project over the past five years. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague, And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chargus.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.